What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. My name is Corey, and a quick note about this episode. This episode was recorded over Zoom, so the audio quality is not necessarily where we would like it to be. However, this episode is so fun and full of really great conversations. Uh, It's with our dear friend, Alexis Padilla, and we get into all kinds of different topics, and I'm so excited to share this with you. So that said, please enjoy our podcast with Alexis Padilla. Oh my gosh. I'm just kidding. Being I'm just extra kidding. dramatic. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Does she do that? Oh my gosh. She is. <laughs> oh, because she's about to like. <laughs> I would love to see that. Oh, yeah, God. try and film it one day. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's hysterical. Uh, all right, here we go. Right. Dogs asleep. Perfect. Uh, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. And today is a very, very special episode. Yes. We have my sister from another mister. And my sister from another mister. One of our <laughs> most best good friends. Um, a truly incredible woman and um, just a beautiful, beautiful human being. Alexis Padilla, welcome. Guys, I feel like. <laughs> oh, can wait, I... our, wait, hold on. Our, our Alexa just turned on. <laughs> that happens, in, hey, that hey, happens okay. much in my life. <laughs> I'm just going to unplug her because I'm sure that's going to happen like over and over and over again. <laughs> like, I think I get called sorry, Alexa once a week now. Oh, oh really? my gosh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like work emails. I'm like, we for five years where where did that come from yeah Yeah. Uh, well welcome thanks friends happy to be here (laughs) um okay well before we dive into you and kind of what we're talking about let's start with wednesday wisdom i have to look at my notes um anyone want to start or do you want me to start yeah i'll I'll, uh i'll kick us off uh my wednesday wisdom (laughs) is um kind of a ongoing practice for myself, but I have a hard time carving out, um, time to really focus in on things. You know, I feel like a lot of times I like, will be doing something and kind of half-ass it, um, either because I'm distracted or I allow myself to be distracted. So I downloaded the freedom app on my computer at work and the freedom app like blocks social media websites, and it blocks like distracting websites mm. um, like Reddit or Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. So you can like preset the uh, websites that you know you frequent. Um, so because sometimes for when I'm working, I have to have the Internet on to like find music or find graphics or whatever. So the app has been really great because it just shuts everything else down with the exception of like actual work websites. So you get seven free sessions and I think each session can be like two hours or an hour 
but it just blocks everything on your computer. So if you still need the and internet, and then you have to pay for it. Yeah, it's like a mm, yeah, it's like a paid app. But and your phone um, too. Like if your phone's you next can, to you, it's phone and yeah. Phone. You have a you nice. can download the app on your phone as well. And I think <clears throat> it works. I have not tried it yet, but I just did my first session on the desktop today, um, and it was mm. it was great. It's a I've it's a cool little app. Like just if you know, I have ADD like super bad, so blocking like hard blocking websites for an extended period of time was like very helpful. Mm, yeah. Um, well, I'll piggyback off of that because mine's basically the same. Um, I finally went into my phone settings and put time limits on mainly my only time limit actually is on Instagram. And then I put in like a general for my whole, my whole phone will basically like shut down except for phone calls and text messages from 7am till 10pm or I think it stops at nine, actually nine or 10. I can't remember. Um, so anytime, like all of my apps go dark except for phone and text and, um, really? Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. I'll show you tonight. I've been doing it a while, but I ignore them all now. So I need to try freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so that's what I was going to say is like last night I went to go Google, Google something and I opened up my internet and it it was like a white screen and there was an hourglass on it. And it said like, you have a time limit, would you like to ignore? And so I ignored it just for one minute so I could Google something. And then I was put my phone away, but, um, I'm on, I'm on day four, I think. And I really, really enjoy it. And I have never, I've never done that set time limits or anything. And now I'm on an Instagram break. So I have it. I don't know how long I'm using my Instagram, but that's really the only app that I like really have a problem with. Um, so I'll be interested, but I like that when I wake up, it like, doesn't allow me to like open any apps, oh, <laughs> which cool. is really nice. Cause I've quarantine has definitely made me fall back into the habit of like looking at social media and things when I wake up and like, there's no, there's no need for that. Like, I don't need to look at Instagram the second I open my eyes. It's just not good. <laughs> so that's my Wednesday wisdom is put time locks on your phone and see how it goes. That's a good one. Yeah. And then don't be like me where you just ignore all day. <laughs> I get the like ignore all day all the time. Uh, what, well, realistically is I just have really, I should say, I have unrealistic time limits on yeah. My app. So it's like one hour for the whole 24 hour day. But what I didn't realize when I set that was it wasn't per app. It's like cumulative. So oh. it'll turn off. Like, yeah. So, and then I, for example, a group of my friends who's group me a lot. So it turned off group me and they're like, are you not getting my messages? I'm like, Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that that was one that would go quiet. Oh, so you wow. have to like go in and you can tweak which apps you do. But yeah, the one, the problem is that I need to up the one hour limit yes and then it might yeah. be a little that's little just worried. i think unrealistic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have you can only use your phone for on one hour <laughs> i know um mine is man i don't know about anybody else but for homeowners we have taken on quite a few home projects in covid which has been a silver lining because we finished a lot of them um which has been fun because uh, my husband and i both work during the week and so weekends were like the only time we were working on stuff. Um, but my hack life hack right now is it's really the simple things in this environment we're living in. Um, there I am painting like too much of my house right now. Um, so this hack <laughs> is for people who are have a very large painting project or 
of children that keep you from finishing the painting project <laughs> you're currently working on. So for like months, there was this um, like cup paint roller cover at Home Depot that I just would walk by and I'd be like, oh, that's just a waste of money. Um, but then I was like wrapping my rollers in wet paper towels and trying to keep them wet. They dry. So anyway, I, I spent the $5 finally on this roller <laughs> cover. What a waste, waste of money. <laughs> I know it's just the waste of money. And then I think it's re- it's extra cool now because I didn't realize it was actually on shark tank. So then of course now it's like soup cool to use and buy <laughs> for $5. It keeps your roller wet for six weeks. And it works. Whoa. I'm like obsessed with this thing because normally your paint brushes and stuff dry out so quickly. So only That's applies awesome. to people who are painting, but it's Fadada at Home Depot and probably other places. It was on Shark Tank. Nice. <laughs> and wow. it really works really well. So I'm happy nice. to my house and I just keep using that. So- what else are you painting besides your room and the fireplace? Well, we um <laughs> oh well you just did Addie's room <laughs> yeah so we did yes pull out your notepad um we did yes my daughter is 13 this month and so we upgraded her to teenage room I believe I know mind blown um and uh that was oh and then my bedroom accent wall we did um and then um when we moved in this is a side story we moved in Jesse I picked the color white which if you've ever sought to pick a white for your home or anything there's like 17 different there's that there's like 200 um and so I picked it off of FaceTime but it was a blue white and so for the last two years we've lived in this house and our house turns like a shade of blue at a certain hour in the afternoon so I'm working my way through which my husband just rolls his eyes and refuses to help me because it's a different white but it is technically <laughs> the same color. Um, and so I just did the dining room area and yes, the fireplace remodel got done. Wow. Um, so you really doors. are a lot. <laughs> yes. I am procrastinating on the hallway by doing this podcast. Cause I did say I was going to do the hallway today. Glad we could oblige. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so working my way through the house. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Well, the reason why we wanted to chat with you is one, because we love you so much yes. and two, because I think it's, there's so much, um, like tension and there's so much divide in our country right now. And I kind of like you're, you are more on the right than we are on the left. And there are a lot of things politically that we agree upon and it, we don't really talk too much about politics, but I know that there are things we disagree on. But you grew up Christian. I did not. Corey did. But we, so we just wanted to have, and because we have such a wonderful relationship, we can speak very open and honestly. And something I've always really admired about you is that you like talking to people who are on opposite sides. And I think, like, selfishly, I just want to have a healthy political conversation that we might disagree and know that we're not going to kill each other. And cause there's just so much negativity. Um, but also, right now. I mean, also the, like kind of the impetus for this whole conversation was we were driving home from a long weekend and we had like a lot of time in the car and we had such a wonderful conversation with you. I think it was like, I mean, maybe like an hour or like it was close an hour to two. Half, two hours. <laughs> We're like, I felt 
you know, cause you're like my sister and that like we've fought and we have gotten into it and we're, we're brutally honest with each other. And you have like opened my eyes up to a lot of things and like looking at things at a, in a different perspective. And like, I would say I have as complicated a relationship with you as I do with my own siblings, which I, I think is a, <laughs> a very powerful bond because I, I would do literally anything for you, but <laughs> listening to you kind of talk about where you were coming from, I was like, this, these are the conversations that are like desperately needed in, in the world right now. Cause I say this all the time is like when people stop talking to each other, like, I feel like that's where the problems happen. And, and I was so inspired listening to you talk and like, you're like, I've done my research. I have talked to people that I, that I, you know, um, am in community with and like talk to parents and like, you know, I've really done, and you've really done the work on it. So it was inspiring for me to like have this whole conversation. And when we got off the phone, I was like, that was, um, ama- I, I wish we, I, I think I said, I wish yeah. we had had our podcast gear. Cause like, yeah. you were just like dropping all these things as you normally do for me where I'm like, wait, my head just exploded. Like <laughs> I want to hear more of that. So that was like kind of the impetus for this conversation. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm very excited to kind of delve into a little bit of what we kind of rehash that conversation. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what did we talk about? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so many yeah. It was two hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. would say that I, I don't know that I, I put myself in this category of like, I have researched. I think I'm definitely in a space of like, I am learning. Um, I yeah. have not learned, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not past yeah. tense for me. So I feel like for what I say on this, I want to preface with, I am still learning. And um, yeah. I just, I totally As agree. I think when we stop talking and, and in the same vein of thought, if you only surround yourself with the people who are like-minded and in thoughts and opinions, how, how do you grow? Um, yeah. And I think that's something that I, I, I enjoy, I always have, even at a young, like as a kid growing up. And I think, I think it comes from like my grandma having a really diverse group of friends and being stuck at like grandma <laughs> parties for my whole childhood. But it was you know, always talking to people 40 years older than me. Um, and I always thought they just were so interesting. And I, it also, I enjoy learning about new cultures and. Yeah. I mean, you've also had a very, you've also had a very diverse upbringing, upbringing yeah. and like you've we'll get into this but you've lived a lot of different places and spent a lot of time with like with your grandmother in Denmark and Malta and stuff but yeah you've you've had a very diverse upbringing and yeah but I would say right back at you guys I've always just appreciated I mean same your family um and always will be so it's okay Katie. it's okay I always it's appreciate okay. the difference of opinion and how much it pushes each of us to grow. And, um, and I, I mean, I don't know how much we get into this, but there was definitely a period in my past where I lost like really significant friendships over really tough issues and conversations. And, um, I think through all of that, I just have always genuinely appreciated your guys's ability to maybe not agree with everything I've said, but not, um, cancel me to use a very term current work, yeah. but you know, to, yeah. to keep our, um, our friendship at the core of what we have and, and knowing that, um, at the end of the day, we love each other and, mm-hmm. and not willing to let that part go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Under yeah. zero circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, can you tell us a little bit about your 
since we've mentioned you've had a very diverse like childhood and whatnot, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into religion and your kind Back- of and like background in general? Back- yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, so my mom, my mom was a single mom my whole life. Well, not my whole life, but until I was 18. Um, and so she became a Christian when I was four. Um, my dad was an alcoholic and abusive. And so they got divorced when I was two and we pretty much moved like every time he found us. Um, so he moved around a lot, but the one thing is that my mom, um, very much landed in a community of Christians that like kind of helped support her through all of that. Um, and, the more I've learned as an adult, like really surrounded her, which I think the dance community down the road did the same thing for me, um, at a big turning point. But, um, that's, so she became a Christian when I was four. So I was pretty much raised as a Christian. Um, and I did all the typical things like, uh, rebel in my teenage years or how, you know, the, the saying goes like one foot in the church, one foot in the world. Um, so I did all of that as a teen. Um, and then, you know, then I think there's, the standing, like when your faith becomes your own. And I think that's for any religion that you're raised in. Um, you kind of, yeah, you choose whether or not as an, as a budding adult, you want to continue believing that, which I did. Um, and so I went to Bible college, let's see what year is like, Oh, one Oh three. So I did, I have my associate's degree in biblical theology, I think is what it's called now on paper. Um, and I thought like, oh man, I'm like solid Christian now. Um, you know, and I did everything that was kind of laid out. I got married right after Bible college. What made you want to go to Bible college? Um, I, well, I mean, so like without getting in it, it was kind of like, it just kind of fell into place. So I moved back from Malta, um, from living abroad for seven years. Um, when I was technically 17, and the U.S. school system here didn't really know what to do with my transcripts. And so they put me as a junior in high school. And I was had already done a year and a half of junior college back in Europe. Oh, so um, I was like, I think I lasted like three days at Bayer High School and was like, <laughs> peace, done this like two years ago. And so um, at the time my mom needed help financially. So like I got a job and I just homeschooled myself and I did my junior and senior year in nine months, um, through a homeschooling program and then just worked and kind of then it was weird. I had missed this deadline. Then they were like, well, you don't have your SAT, so you can't go to college. And I'm like, my what, (laughs) like, what are those? You know, so (laughs) all trying to just adapt to the school system. Then all of a sudden I couldn't get into like universities because again, kind of that same problem. And then Um, one of my mom's friends in the church was like, you should go to Bible college. And it was at the time, well, one, I was, uh, you know, still obviously a Christian. And so I was like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. And then, um, it also would allow me, even though it's kind of weird, it's like, even though it was not an accredited school, it allowed me to get into the college system, like no problem because I had this AA in theology. So in my mind, it was like, cool, I can go to Bible college, learn all this cool stuff about Bible have a strong relationship with God, um, and then go to college, which was like the ultimate, like the next big, bigger thing. And it's true. I mean, I graduated and got into MJC where we met, no problem. Mm -hmm. So it was really easy to like transfer then into the school system. So that was kind of like, I got stuck in the school process and then that was an open door. Right. Yeah. 
Makes sense. Yeah. And then, um, so you were saying you got married. Yes, I got married, um, and was married for four years. And then, um, you and I met like right before my marriage ended. So call it, I don't know, six months, six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Addie was born in 07. Um, and then when my marriage ended it, I mean, man, that's a whole nother podcast for a different day, but, um, basically long story short, like all my Christian friends stopped talking to me. I had done like the unimaginable thing. And so, um, in like overnight, I lost a dozen really close Christian friends. I lost, I was even in like a, um, like a discipleship mentor mentee type setup with someone and they like stopped returning my calls, my emails. Um, my parents didn't ended up not talking to me for about a year. And I, and so during that time, the three of us started living together. So, um, you know, you guys kind of entered the scene. I think when my parents really cut me off was when I moved in with you guys. Um, and it totally rocked my faith. I was just like, screw this. I don't want anything to do with this establishment that if they can't surround me in my darkest hour, like what's the point of all of this? And, um, I really then for five years, let Christian's behavior kind of define my relationship with Christianity when in reality, that's really not what it's about. Um, and, and so I walked away from the church and God for five years. And what's crazy is my ex-husband, which we're friends now, but he walked away. So he had almost like a parallel experience. Um, and he actually walked away from the church for seven years. And we were just talking recently, um, talking about like, man, can you imagine like how different it would have been had like Christians just totally embraced us and, um, loved on us and sat with us and the like, wow, this is messy. I don't know how to help you, but I'm here for you type of mindset. Um, and how different like our walk with the Lord might've been. Um, but Hey, I mean, here we are. It happened. Um, I grew a lot through it. Um, and then I think, you know, five years down the road, I had this, like, I kind of had the rug ripped out from under me again. Um, and that was kind of that turning point where for then the next probably year or two, I was okay with God, but I wasn't cool with Christians. So, um, it, it's definitely been a journey. Um, and then I think even now, again, another pivot in my Christian walk, um, in my thirties or mid thirties now is more around kind of, and honestly, I can say, and I swear it's all related, um, I had, I had depression when my son was born, um, for about two years. And then I think like, you know, getting ther- going to therapy and getting a lot of help to kind of get my head above water and all of that. Um, I did about seven months of therapy and that actually triggered triggers probably the wrong word, but, um, kind of really got the wheels turning around my Christian faith again of like, what, wow, so much of my faith. And I think this was the church at the time of growing up, like so much of my faith is built around shame, which is like the total opposite Mm. of what God is all about. And like Mm. how much of these, so then it, then it really got me thinking like how much of my Christian principles that I base my life on are learned behaviors from my upbringing. Um, and like the, my mom and I are now are sit on very opposite spectrums of Christianity. Um, there's certain things we don't talk about. Um, there's, uh, just, there's really controversial topics like in 
any religion, I would assume, but definitely in Christianity, especially right now. Um, and so I think, you know, it's just kind of helped me kind of pause and think, what do I believe? And like, what does the Bible say on this? And where do I, you know, especially with all, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, like where, what, what is my message right now as a person, as a human being, what do I believe in? Um, and that's really even brought up like relationships, close relationships in our family. Um, my mom like won't talk about it with me. Um, and she was growing up, like always someone I went to for advice, um, mm-hmm. especially Christian advice. You grew up watching, waking up every morning, coming out to like someone reading their Bible. I'm like, wow, she's like got so much Bible knowledge, you know, it's just like Mm -hmm. such a high level of respect. And yet now as an adult myself, like I, even conversations, I'll have to remind her like, Hey, I'm an adult over here now. You know, you don't have to, (laughs) that's, you can have that opinion. That's not my opinion of that scripture. And, And I don't use it in that context. And, um, and yet kind of coming back to like what we were talking about, obviously you still love each other and their family, but um, yeah. So I would say my journey as a Christian has been a little bit complicated. (laughs) I always used to be like really envious of the Christians around me that were just like pumped full of joy and like, you know, (laughs) just like so much Bible knowledge. And um, whereas I feel like I have found God most in my messy moments. um, And those have really solidified my, my relationship with God. Um, and they drive me crazy. Cause I'm always like, why do I have to experience you in like the peak of it when it's the messiest? But, um, <laughs> so I, you know, it's more for me, it's actually harder for me to find God in the mundane, um, than it is mm. to find him in the, in the hard stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a nutshell. I'm... And we're here today. <laughs> no, I, I think, <laughs> I think it also kind of speaks volumes to recognize that when you're at your quote unquote, like messiest that you hear, hear that message the most, because arguably that's when you need it the most. So I think that the, like being able to tune into those like moments is like really powerful and speaks to your like ability to like, listen to that, you know, voice. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. But how are you feeling like in your community now with everything that's going on um, around the Black Lives Matter? Um, I know that you have some close friends of yours that you go to church with that have been um, like passionate about it. I think there are a lot of people on the left, like the extreme left, that put all Christians in this category. And um, I don't see you in, in that category or in any category, because as we mentioned before, like you've been so open about talking to other people and putting yourself in other people's shoes and, you know, surrounding yourself with, as you said, like people who have different view views, um, than you. So how, how are you feeling, um, about all of that right now? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I think so for me, like, I'm that type of person that when you first meet me, I don't like, sure, we can have like a couple sessions of small talk, but I like want to get 
and uh, like mm-hmm. that's why we love you that's why we love you so much you're so real <laughs> I, well sometimes i'm like geez alexis lighten it up but um <laughs> I, i'm like here's all my dirty laundry tell me yours you know and let's talk about it like i love those types of conversations like um and so it's been really interesting since we moved to um the, the least diversity i've ever lived in in my life um having conversations with some people here that have really, that I've just come to really learn to respect and admire. Um, and they are Christians and some aren't. Um, but I mean, what's been interesting is I think, first of all, you know, with George Floyd's death, there was an element of like, man, I, I really should have been paying attention earlier. And I know a lot of people feel the same way. And, like okay and then you get to the point where like okay I'm here now so let's let me learn more and be louder and what's been interesting and I don't have a social media platform by any means but even like sharing some stuff it's been interesting to see people that I haven't talked to for years like fly into my dms on like how can you say something like that or they'll like um remaining nameless like will flood my dms with like a ton of opposing viewpoint Um, And they're people that I love and have really, you know, or relationships that my husband has that I married into. And I like these people and I respect them. They help me think outside of the box. They, they um, encourage me to learn more, but then I'm also like, okay, but where do I stand? Cause it's almost too much right now. Right. Like there's so much information. So for me, I was like, I want to hear from my, first of all, in that situation, I wanted to hear from my black friends. I wanted to check in with them. And then I wanted to hear from black Christian leaders too, because I wanted the connection between the Bible and taking out um, the extremist of media Mm -hmm. viewpoints on either side, both sides combined. Um, And then bringing it back to like, where does scripture land on this? And where, like in this moment, what does it look like to be a Christian, to be supportive, to be vocal, to not be silent. Um, and so I think that's where the point I'm really learning right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know that <laughs> it's a very, uh, unknown territory. Yeah. Um, but it's caused some really great relationship or really good conversations with relationships that I've had. Um, yeah. And probably more so with Christians than non Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I know you can't necessarily like speak for them, but what are things that you have learned from them or like, what are black Christians saying right now? Or like, maybe, maybe not what are they saying, but like, what are they, what are they fighting for is maybe a better answer or a better question. Uh, uh, here's a, here's a better question. What have you heard from the black <laughs> Christian community? Yeah. Um, well, and it's interesting you say that because I think, well, so one, my first approach was to, to follow all the different types of opinions. I think we talked about this on that drive. Um, and then where like Corey and I, where I actually took a, like a, a tip from you of like following the most extreme opposite of your opinion. Right. And yeah. then I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I can't right now. Like, as I like, I need to figure out what I feel is correct before I bring in like the extreme opposite of that. Right. And, and that being yeah. like Christian and black. So, um, and that, that category was like female, black, 
Trump supporter. And I'm like, okay, okay. Um, where, like, how am I digesting this information, you know? Yeah. So um, I ended up actually unfollowing because I needed a minute to like, okay, let's yeah. see. I, I needed, um, what's, it's what's, interesting because it's diverse. Yeah. What's, uh, what's her name again? I, I know, I know her name. Um, sorry. It's Candace. Um, um, Candace Ellison. Yeah. Candace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was one where like somebody had put in my DMs like a bunch of her videos. And so yeah. I had watched mm. them and I'm like, wow, this is, I, 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 kept, I followed her to like uh, try to understand where it's coming from because I just didn't yeah. get it. Um, and how mostly the support was there. I don't, I can't actually remember if she claims to be a Christian. Um, but I, that's neither here or there. But um, you, to answer your question, I think the people that I've really respected is, is the people who are calling out other Christians on like, hey, this is what Jesus did in the Bible. Like literally how many times have you read these most common passages? Um, even if you just read the first couple books of the New Testament, like what did Jesus do? He sat with all the peoples, right? And yeah. if someone was yeah. persecuted, he called it out. And so I think... Um, I have found most respect to Christians calling out other Christians um, and churches in particular on, um, you know, your sermons about um, social justice shouldn't be because of one media sized death, right? Like this should have been like, now I respect preachers who are talking about this year round, right? Like they're not just responding to a worldly event, they're talking, they're integrating. And we came from that when we moved out of the Bay Area. We had a pastor like that that I just really appreciate. It's always been like so direct on like big topics that the church doesn't like to talk about that make you really yeah. uncomfortable, um, like homosexuality or pornography and like adultery, like all these things that are like, oh, I can't believe they said the word, um, you know, yeah. so which is typically your mass, most churches kind of shy away from the really sticky, scary topics in their mind. So more so leaning to people who are just unashamedly vocal about the uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like also the, I mean, for a lot of people, uh, myself included, like the idea of like, I need to educate myself on this is just like so powerful. And like the fact that you're willing to like go try to follow someone and then be like, wait a minute, this might be a little extreme for me at the moment. And like going at your own pace, I, I feel like speaks volumes to like, like um, your kind of like where your heart's at and like what's important to you. Like the important part for you is like learning. And I've, I've found myself, believe it or not, like really softening. Cause I was like very anti Christian, anti God for like a long time. I've found myself softening because like when I talk to people like you, um, or other people that were raised in the church who maybe have like kind of gone away from it. It's more of like this idea that there are people that claim to be followers who are exhibiting kind of like repugnant behavior in terms of like treating other people with the basic concepts of like what Jesus was teaching. And I feel like the majority of Christians are way more like way more in line with just like be nice to everyone, like, you know, um, yes, this is happening to the black community and it's like very important and we need to pay attention and we need to like solve this issue rather than like, 
these, you know, far, and it's the same with the left. Like there's these far right ideas and then there's like these way far left ideas, yeah. which I don't agree with some of the far left ideas either. I, I just have this idea that like, I feel like we're way more, everyone has way more in common than kind of what the media is like showing. And that's, yeah. and as I've, as my heart has kind of softened over the last couple of years on Christianity, I, I go back to like what I was raised on, which is just like, love your neighbor. Like all, everything Jesus was teaching is like solid advice for how to treat human beings. <laughs> and I think that that just kind of gets lost in the, the dogma of, uh, of what organized religion can be. It's not always like, like that way, but, um, the idea of like being willing and able to change your opinions based on certain things, I think is a, not necessarily a sign of weakness. It's, I think it's a sign of strength. And like, you know, I was Christian and I was like hardcore atheist. And now I'm like, I'm like, you know what? There's, there's definitely like really powerful lessons on how to love people in the Bible, you know, <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I, I think that your your willingness to like follow these people and like learn more is like a an example that I think more people could probably benefit from. So I guess the the I mean another question we had kind of talked about is like um, this idea of there are you know there's a lot of bad things going on politically. You know, um, how do you separate this like globalizing idea that all Christians are for Trump, you know, and I don't know, you know, we can talk about where you stand or not, but like, right, exactly. Yeah. But there is this idea on the left. There's this idea on the left that like Christians are Trump and like, that's they're 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 somehow intertwined. Can you or, talk? I think also more like Christians are Republican. Therefore Republicans will right. vote for Trump. This, therefore that this, yeah. there, you know, you are this, therefore you equal this. Um, and we, we had that conversation on the drive home. Maybe you could like talk a little bit about that and what's going on for you. Oh boy, what a mess. Um, not that question, but just like the current state. Yeah, not not your question. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny because my husband and I have had, probably had more conversations around political affiliation in the last six months than ever before. But um, because, because we're, both, we're both registered as Republicans um, mm -hmm. and kind of like, way like okay whoa wait a second like wh where it's hard and i don't i will be the first to say i don't know the full history around the alignment i mean i can put pieces of it together i'm sure around the alignment of republicans and you know christianity and the reality is though that like even biblically like they almost shouldn't even be in the same sentence <laughs> you know it's like mm -hmm. separation needs to really be there um but I think that what happens is Christianity in general tends to be a really conservative viewpoint, which does land then even you think of like, you know, I look at like my mom, she will align with whatever political party stands for being pro-life, like, and she will vote accordingly. So if the worst person on the planet running for president, <laughs> Trump, says like <laughs> pro-life right like she's gonna be like that's my vote she's like you know because yeah. like she looks at that as like her christian duty is to vote you know the reality is it's like mom it's not even like on the ballot anywhere like but pro-life like pro-life pro-choice like what do you i don't understand you know but to her it's like nope 
that means I am Republican. That means I, you know, I mean, and this is coming from a, kind of an extremist person, so I shouldn't put her as like a generalization. I mean, I was, we would, when but I was a, but, six years old, she had me outside like a Planned Parenthood holding signs, like picketing, not fully yeah. understanding that I was six and had no idea what I was doing. But, um, you know, and it's interesting because the reality is like, if you look at the core of a Christian, of the Christian faith, one of the founding things is that this world is never going to be a Christian world. It's always going to be fallen. It's always going to be sinful. It's always going to be messed up to some capacity, which we see a lot of right now because the perfect world is the eternity in heaven. Right? So it's like, there's these Christians fighting to make this the like most perfect world, but the reality is, is it literally never will be. Um, yeah. And that, you know, the premise being that Jesus is the savior and you, you know, by believing in him, I don't have to place my fear in everything going on in the world. I, you know, I, I also then this world is just like a pass through to the eternity, which is perfection. And so, you know, the reality, it's so funny then to me that these two are so integrated and it becomes like, people are so passionate about it. Like it's to the point where yeah. like my mom and I can't talk politics because it's so woven in there for her as like her Christian duty. And I'm like, um, sure. Like gay people can get married. Like that doesn't, but it doesn't make me question my faith. Like, you know, yeah. and like that's a civil right. I want every civil right. My kids deserve my friends, my family, the people I love, like take it. Like if, you know, same with black people, like it should be equal. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, talking to some of my black coworkers and then they're learning their experience between like, even trying to get higher education. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and re learning my white privilege. And it's like Christianity wasn't even part of that conversation. It's just basic human right, right? This is to me yeah. what we're talking about. In a broken world, this world, the system, the political system, the world itself is never going to be perfect because it's there's yeah. no country that has the perfect system. So it's so interesting to me that it's so woven together of like, I think, you know, all Christians must be Republicans and then Trump supporters, which... I am a Republican. I am not a Trump supporter. I will not be voting for him in this next election. But, <laughs> you know, so, but it's funny because nobody's talking about the fact that Biden's technically Catholic. Like, you know, it's yeah. like what the media yeah. hyper, like, puts on the forefront of all of their headlines. Like, yeah. no, of course not. It's like, that... The same idea kind of applies. I mean, you know, you can chime in on this. The same idea applies to the left, you know? Um, like, you know, if you're this, you're that. Like, this whole, like, polarization of like this whole process is like i don't think it's fair because like you know i've had this conversation with chance who is also like a devout christian like absolutely yeah, yeah. and he's my he's also my best friend you know um and he's just like he was telling me about you know some of the things that he finds wrong with the black lives matter movement and um, some of his frustrations around like this whole like hyper, you know, um, like this hyper activity around that. And I'm like, you know, there are, there's too much on both sides going like, just because I'm a Democrat doesn't mean I have to vote for Biden. Like, that's also not true. Just cause you're black doesn't mean you need to vote for Biden. But, um, it's just, it's gotten so hyped up yeah. recently that it's like, so everything is just so insane and i and i again i just go back to like i feel like we're all more in the middle than than the media or social media for that matter is like allowing us to 
understand. And I think it's because nobody's talking. Everyone's on their phones. COVID happened. Like everyone's inside. No one's interacting with other people. Yeah. It's like this weird, perfect storm of like, no one is talking to each other. Yeah. And I think there's also this, like you mentioned, like the pro-life pro-choice thing. There are people that feel very, very passionately about that. So like, like your mother, like I'm pro-life. So whoever is pro-life as well, that's who I'm voting for. And I think a lot of Christians get lumped into the pro-life group. And I'm sure there are not, I'm sure there are tons of non-Christians out there that also believe in, in pro-life. Um, but do you feel like within your community that there are a lot of people that way that vote like, I have to vote for Trump because I believe in pro-life? Or are there people that are willing to either not vote or I think to me, more importantly, you know, cross enemy lines, for lack of a better term, to vote for Biden because they know like, OK, this even though even though I don't typically do this, like I need to kind of come over to the other side and lose one a little bit. To, to gain more. Yeah, I would say that, so there's like a handful of people I've met living here um, that I really enjoy talking to them because it's they're kind of on that same similar journey I'm on just with trying to like figure out as a Christian all, all everything that's going on. And um, I think, you know, it's a slow simmer. It's not this like quick jump that people get on, but you get to a point mm -hmm. where you're like, like Trump will do something. And, um, I'm just like, what? Like, you know, I, so and that's been happening for, of course, the whole time he's been present. So I think like you look at the slow simmer that's happening for some Christians, I'm not going to generalize, but at least a couple of my friends that I've talked to. And it's like, you know, over the last call it five years, kind of realizing you fall more into the democratic camp that on, a lot of issues. Sure. There's some that you're still in Republican. Like, I think it's become this really gray area and there's this pressure. Maybe pressure is not the right word, but I think like there it's, it's like, you're on this journey to find like, what is, what do I feel morally right about? Like I voted for Obama. Yeah. Like I was just like, I morally feel like he is the best option for our country right now. And that was just yeah. me personally, there was people who didn't feel that way. Um, and so, yeah. you know, and I chose in that moment to cross enemy lines, as you say, but you know, it's <laughs> like, I morally was like, I, this is like, I morally cannot vote for Trump as a registered Republican in November because I would not be able to sleep at night. Like that's just me personally. Yeah. And I know plenty of Christians yeah. that feel that, you know, they, that's, they need to vote for him because he yeah. represents X, Y, and Z to them as a Christian, yeah. um, which is unfortunate in my opinion. Yeah. I shouldn't say, yeah. I probably shouldn't say that, but well, I don't know. I just, it's just like not clean. It's not a clear, clean. Yeah. And so I think yeah. it is really important though to, I don't know. It's like trying to find this balance between like, cause Alex, you're really vocal. I know on social media about like any, tr any vote for anybody outside of Biden is a vote for Trump. And I've yeah. actually like mentioned that to a couple of people like hearing, you know, even my husband, like, what do you think of that? You know? And it's, it's kind of like that extremist comment, but then if you like nail down to it, it, it makes yeah. sense like talking through it. Right. So yeah. um, I just think it's, it's messy right now. Yeah. Um, and it's good to be talking about it. Yeah. And I, I agree. I was listening to another podcast where you guys were talking about like being afraid of like secret Trump voters, like getting him into office again. And I'm like, I'm, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I yeah. mean, that's, I mean, that's the, I mean, 
sure he rigged the election, like if people believe in that or, or not. But I think main reason why he won is there are a lot of people that supported him but were too embarrassed to say it. And he got a lot more votes than he that the media made it seem because people were lying. And I'm sure that that's still the case now. Um, and there are plenty of other countries where there are many other um, political parties and candidates and a third party could potentially be the president. And so you don't have to choose A or B. But in our country right now, you have to choose A or B, because especially in this one, because whether you vote for like the Green Party or the Independent or like all any of the other parties, like you have the right to do that. And I'm not telling you you don't have the right to do that. But I what I'm saying and what like the things that I'm posting about is if someone votes third party, that vote necessarily it's like almost like you're not even voting because right now we don't have enough build up in any other party rather than other than Republican and Democratic. And because there are so many Exactly. And because there are so many secret, secret Trump supporters or secret people that will be voting for Trump, whether they necessarily fully support him or not, that's why every single vote for Biden is important. And there are plenty of people on the left that I'm so flippin' angry about that it's okay, um, that are, that I'm so angry about that are not going to vote for Biden because they're like, uh, for lack of a better term, like feeling like young, entitled people of like, well, that's not who I wanted. So I'm not going to vote. I'm like, just stop throwing your pity parties. And I understand that you're not happy, but sometimes you just have to like pull up your big girl, bin big girl boy pants and just do what's right for the future. Because voting for, in my opinion, voting for Trump or someone other than Biden is not going to help our future, our future generations, the future of our planet, the future of our country, the future of our country's like relationships with other countries. Yeah. Because we can see that he's kind of throwing that to, <laughs> to shit. Yeah. I think also like, I just want to like caveat this whole conversation with like, whether it was a Republican or a democratic president over the last, let's call it a hundred years, us foreign policy of like, really fucking with other countries in a very horrible and awful way has been going on for so long. Like removing democratic socialists that are trying to help their countries and putting in despots and like dictators, like the U S has been doing that to other countries for so long. So like the, the, it's not lost on me that there is no perfect party. Democrats, Republicans yeah. have all done super fucking yeah. evil shit. Yeah. Which is, that's just the way it is. And so there, I think there is a, there is a problem with the two party system. I think the way that things are going right now with like the hyperization of like money in politics. And like, I think that both of the campaigns combined are going to be like 1.5 or yeah, $2 billion dollars and just like buying these elections. So it's like, that that's all these problems and like we're not gonna, we're going to solve it today but i think i think the thing that i keep coming back to is like when we really get down to the root of it um this idea of like being a good person is is kind of universal and i think it's not it's not only obtained if you're christian and it's not obtained only if you're an atheist they like no group or religious group has a monopoly on morality. And I think 
that the politi- uh, what is it politicalization of like we are the party of the right, we are the party of God, or we are the party of like anarchists and Antifa is like not really conducive to yeah this like argument. And so that's what was important for me to have this conversation. And after having that call with you on the on the car ride, it was just like. We're so much more similar than we are different. Yeah. And I think it just gets lost on people. Well, the media is definitely pulling us apart. They don't want people to see that <clears throat> at all. But yeah. I've also heard people I work with be like, fuck all Christians. Like, fuck them. I'm like, whoa. Like, that's not the that's not the answer. Yeah. That is not the way to think about it. Like, they're not the other. Part of me feels like at some point I have to stop and and think okay what is within my control right in order mm-hmm. for me to find this like sane place for myself okay i obviously voting that's an obvious one um yeah but you know and even like being like i need to be learn i need to be more active in like our local elections and really yeah, making absolutely. sure i understand how this is all connected um yeah And then I think, you know, having kids, it's like Addison, I drag her to the polling place every single time. I'm like, you need to, I need you to understand how important your voice is. Like, this is where your voice is. Um, And then teaching people, teaching my kids and making sure my home is a place where all people are accepted and treated equally and fairly and all these things. And I think the balance I'm trying to find though now, when you think about it from an individual person standpoint though, versus this collective thing that we cannot control at all. Like I can't, the the government is messed up in every country and I can't fix it with the snap of my fingers. Right. But I can try to be different for myself and my family. And that's where I have had to kind of, I mean, retreat is the wrong word, but like kind of like focus my energy towards, because if I constantly look at this, like create the big picture you just described, I feel totally helpless. Um, yeah. And I feel like I can't do anything. And then that is infuriating. So, yeah. But this idea you know, of you getting your house in order is like what people need to be doing. It's yeah. What, it's what. Yeah. But I feel like I should say thing. disclaimer on that though, because I think, you know, I was talking to um, a family member about this the other day about how like, you know, our parents raised us to not see color, for example, right? And they thought they were doing that right thing. And so um, my mother-in-law came to me and was like, you know, I feel so bad that I didn't teach my kids to take that one step further. And it was this whole conversation we had around like, look like you did, what you did was taking this further and now we'll take it that next step and our kids will take it a step further, right? Like, so now we know more. Um, we like we had a whole conversation. You didn't know what a microaggression was, right? So it's like trying to teach people. So I'm like, okay, here's a situation where if I learned that, I sh- should probably teach Addie that and Caleb, right? Like, so I mean, I I will say I want to caveat like yes, focus on your home and your what you can control, but not to the point where you're being quiet and accepting, but you're being loud and accepting. And I think that's where I'm trying to find that balance. And as a Christian too, kind of weaving that in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like lead by example and, um, something that I've all that, like I've always admired about you as a mother is that you do speak to Addie 
as an adult, like mm. you have always kind of, you've always spoken to her. Yeah. Like, like an adult and you've had adult conversations with her and not, um, not like <clears throat> I think of sometimes of our parents' generations of like, Oh, well, like when you're older, I'll talk to you about this, that you've always like sp- done that to her. Um, and I wanted to say something kind of going back to how you are as a Christian and like accepting of everyone is I remember the first time, one of the first times we actually had like a conversation about, um, gay rights, you know, cause a lot of people assume that all Christians, you know, are against gay rights. And I remember, and, and I'm paraphrasing and you can please correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you saying something along the lines of like, everyone sins, like, and you pointed yeah. to like Corey and I of like, you're sinning, like you're not married, but you're living together. I'm sinning. I'm, you know, not, I'm, you know, doing X, Y, Z. And like this person sitting like, yeah, yeah. At the same time. Yeah. And like, everyone is is sinful but i don't think that because you're sin sinning you can't be seen in like the eyes of god like god will always see you and always love you no matter what you do it's just a matter of like if you want to open your heart to him and you have always been very like accepting and opening of of everyone which i think sometimes christians can get a bad rep for of not being so open and accepting to everyone. It's kind of like a, and I don't, I don't, I'm not very, I was never raised religious. So I have only seen the Christian community through secondhand. I mean, a little bit when we lived in Modesto, I went to church a couple of times, but, um, in the church that we went to, I never felt fully accepted either because as, as you said, we were sinning because we were living together and not married. And, I just sometimes felt like there were people in that specific church that kind of like chose either like chose not to n- chose to like turn their eye or just like not fully accept. Yeah. But anyway, I just yeah. wanted to. That was a very, that. um, I just remember, I remember Corey, when you were at, you were like helping chance. I think it was like lead worship at a church. And then they asked you to step down And I just remember we were living together at the time. And I remember having like such conflicting emotions about that because I remember feeling like this sucks. Like my friend really liked going to church and and hanging out with these youth group kids and like feeling like he had this like purpose for his life and being able to give great advice, which you've always done. And, and then here were Christians like being like, you can't do this anymore. And I'm like, but my, the Jesus that I love, like how would he respond to that? Like, I just remember being really conflicted in that moment and kind of sad for you. Um, yeah. cause I feel like that was very much a pivotal moment for you and like your interaction with Christians in the church. Um, mm-hmm. and so honestly, I can say that I think situations like that. And of course my own rejection <laughs> by Christians, um, I don't know. I just have always kind of had this mindset that like, I mean, I had sex before marriage. Um, I, you know, I, I'm trying to think of what are like the worst things I could have done. I mean, I had, you know, when my <laughs> drink when my before marriage it was ended, legal. Oh, yeah. If we're really getting legalistic now, yeah, there well, we go. Well, I guess actually um, not really because it probably was legal in Malta. It was legal in Malta. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, well, here's that glass of white wine. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, even my marriage ending, like getting a divorce, you know, it's like 
cardinal sins. And um, I don't know, because at the end of the day, I just like the Jesus that I know and want to align with, like, I mean, okay. There's a story in the Bible, the woman at the well, right? She's literally the first missionary in the Bible. First missionary ever, this woman at the well. She is an adulteress. She currently is sleeping with a married man. She goes to the well at the middle of the day. At, there's so much I, I like align with this woman. I'm like, she's my kin. Um, she like has to go to the well in the highest heat of the day at noon because she doesn't, she can't be, a, you know, the, the city won't associate with her. And so they go in the morning and get their water. And then she goes at high noon, gets her water where she doesn't interact with anybody because there's so much shame placed on her for being a prostitute and an adulteress. And, um, and Jesus comes and asks for water. And she's like, why are you talking to me? Like that you're not supposed to talk to me, you know? And he's like, can I have water? And basically like teaches her about the eternal life that he gives her. Right. And she is, you know, he calls her, he's like, you know, you're, he calls her out on not being married yet sleeping with a married man. And she's like, how can you know all these things? Like, are you from the devil? You know? And he's like, no, I'm Jesus. So they have this interaction and she gets so hyped up on experiencing Jesus that she runs to the town like the, the and, and proclaims to everybody in this town, like, you have to meet this crazy man at this well that claims to be Jesus. Like, and they're looking at her, of course, like she's crazy, but she's literally the first person to go and tell, I'm like, okay, Christians, I need you to hear this. God went to the, pro, the, the adulteress, the, you know, this woman who has like all the red scarlet letters you could possibly imagine and feels the, probably the most shame for her life. So, or maybe she held her head high. I don't know, but like could be stoned during that time, you know, and she's the one that Jesus chooses to use to like spread who he is, not the person that has all their shit together, right? Like it's the person that's a mess that God uses to go tell people about him. And so in my mind, I'm like, who are we? in any capacity to judge who, what other people do and choose to do with their life. Like literally my job is to love show Jesus. And Hey, if we're going to talk religion, I'm going to tell you about this cool guy that I believe in. I'm also going to be the first to tell you that Christians are a hot mess as well, just like everybody else. So join the club. Like he's pretty cool. I don't know. That's just kind of where I have found that. And not everybody agrees with me. Not a lot of Christians don't agree with me, but yeah, I mean, I would also, dude, no, I mean, that's, it's such a beautiful way to put that because like, I'm kind of at the opposite end, like, you know, Christian, like born and born and raised Catholic and then moved into Christianity and then got out of it as an older, like as an older adult. But like, I, I look at those lessons that I learned, you know, and I feel like I have more of a perspective as a not as like a strong atheist of like really understanding the messaging behind what they were teaching. And it's like, for me, I find a lot of value in like, be kind, treat everyone with respect. Like these pillars of what the teachings are, are just a guide of how to be a nice person. And uh, you don't, all of the other stuff removed, like all the lessons in the Bible are about loving people and being kind to one another. And that's, that's the bottom line. Well, and I think like, it's another thing that it's always, cause I'm going back to one of my very first comments around like shame, right. And how much of my Christian walk and the foundational years were built around, like, you have to do this or it's shameful, right? Like you have to be X, Y, and Z behavior. So I think I just kind of lost my train of thought here, but going back to 
the way you've experienced Christians, right? There's an el- there was an element of shame there for you. And mm-hmm. so for me, I think, you know, I've had, I have plenty of gay friends and to me, I'm like, I, I love you. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, there's no, sh- please never feel shame for me. Like, that's not, Yeah. I don't know. I just like, my experience with Christians has, has oftentimes been very, like putting shame onto me for something I'm doing mm-hmm. wrong. Like having sex before marriage. Um, there was a whole intervention on me and Jesse before we got married from like Christian people um, around us having sex. And it was just one of those like, oh my gosh, like we have to sit down and talk about this instead of just, maybe having coffee or a glass of wine with me and to like, Hey, how, how, how are you doing overall? Like, instead it was the like yeah. open my front door, total intervention setting thing. You know, so I don't know. I'm like, I just tend to land on the, it's important for people in my opinion to have their own relationship with God because he's the one that convicts or, you know, something yeah. that I might need to change within myself that I need to address. Not anybody else. That's not anybody else's position. That's where I stand. Although I will say many people disagree with me because like many, many Christians believe you call, you call out sin. Um, yeah. I just, I've never been in a position where I've had sin called out on in my life where it was, has been done well. So I think I, <laughs> I tend to just be like, how are you doing as a person? Like, we just hang out. Like, yeah. what are you, how's life? What are you struggling with? You know, I don't know. And I mean, like, if yeah. that's the evolution of what Christianity is, I think it'll be a lot more positive moving forward. I mean, like that's, that's a true example of like someone willing to learn from their mistakes. And yeah, you know, I, I try to take that, the, the mindset of like always be improving and like figure out where you could do better. I mean, I fail all the time. Yeah. Um, but the, the wanting to be better, I think yeah. isn't necessarily <clears throat> exclusive to Christianity, but I've definitely taken that from religion and I think that's a good thing. So for me to like, you know, bash on it, which I have done and I'm, I've learned, um, it's not the way to go. It's like, it gave me a lot of understanding on like how to be a good person. And I think there's a lot to take away from there. I always think it's like, and I don't mean to like group people together because I know there are levels of it, but seeing religious people and not just Christian, like religious people vote for Trump. And in my eyes, seeing Trump as such a bully and a mean person, or I an just, adulterer or like yeah, a and like, or whatever yeah, they want to call them. Lots yeah. of, you know, quote unquote sins. Um, and also just seeing how much hate some of these religious people have in their heart. I'm like, aren't, aren't you preaching like, and again, I don't really know the Bible very well and like know the insides, but aren't you preaching? Like, as you said, like Jesus loves everyone. We need to love everyone. And so that's always just been an interesting dialogue, internal dialogue for me of seeing certain religious people who do strongly support Trump or s- strongly say all lives matters and black lives don't matter. It's just so it's such an anomaly for me. I just don't understand why if they say they have so much love in their heart, they just, it does, it doesn't seem like some people show it. <laughs> I know. So I think we're a very divided camp, um, which is yeah. honestly sad because, um, yeah. 
what like brings us together. I mean, you could even, even if you want to spread that even bigger, like if you go into like the denominations of Christianity, I tend to fall in the non-denominational yeah. my whole life, but I mean, we could really expand it there. Um, and then you get into a really divided camp, but um, <laughs> it's, un- it's unfortunate because, you know, it's like what brings us together at the end of the day is, is God. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I also, I have conversations with people like that. They're in my family. They're my, you know, family friends as well. And I think at the end of the day, I have to, I have to have the same approach to friendship that I have with you guys. Like, I mean, we agree on all this stuff, but in those situations, I'm like, okay, I can't not, well, with family, obviously they're family, but I can't like just not interact with you as a person because we have such various different beliefs, but I could try to understand from i have a hard time with the hate the hate i would say of all the things you mentioned with trump that's probably one of my hardest um yeah yeah it's so divisive it's so divisive yeah. and like we mowing the lawn so apologies if you can hear that <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't. <laughs> oh good i can't hear it um like you the three of us have always been very open with our conversations but something that i do like that this black lives matter and the political um place we're in right now is we have had a lot of conversations like I don't think I have ever had a political conversation with your friend Chance before and um, there's some other people in my life that I kind of just have never really talked politics or talked religion with with some people in my life so I think something to spin a little bit of lemon lemonade from all the lemons that's happening right now in our in our world is as much as the media makes it believe that people aren't talking to each other, I do think people are talking to each other. And um, yeah, I just, I, I think that it, it, there has been some powerful conversations um, going on right now. I completely agree with that. It's like, we have to find that silver lining somewhere. Right. Um, I do think yeah. that Trump is fuel to a fire that was already simmering, right? Like all the things that are exploding now, um, especially with racism have been there long before he was president. And so, and there's some angle of this where it's almost, I'd almost, it's almost better for it to come to the light so that we can be Mm -hmm. vocal and be different. Yeah. Yeah, So as uncomfortable as it makes all of us, right. There's this element of, okay, whoa, wait a second what do we, we can't be silent anymore. Or at least I feel like we can't. It's like, what, we've got to do something different. Wow. I didn't realize that was like what laid underneath. (laughs) Yeah. I would say, I I actually have a, a question for you. Like, because I don't think this gets kind of put out there enough. Like there are a lot of things I see in Christianity that I'm proud of. Like what makes you proud to be a Christian? Like, is there anything that you really take? Like, pride in, in, in your community and, and anything that's like really has you excited or like things, maybe even just personally that you're proud of? Uh, that's such an interesting question. Um, because I feel like my journey as a Christian has been one where I seek to define it and never at a point where, I mean, if I'm being really brutally honest, I felt like I could shout it from the rooftops as something I was proud of. And I mean, maybe that's not a good answer. But um, I mean, I, I have, I've lost people in my life 
over being a Christian because at the end of the day, choosing that they couldn't associate with me. And so I've always looked at it as this like choice that um, has really shaped my life. I mean, I think as Christians too, we're called to be set apart from the world, right? We're to not integrate with um, everything that the world has to offer. So I think I've always tried, been on this journey to find what the balance between setting myself apart. Um, so I think in, in some capacity, I'm really, I'm proud of my relationship with Jesus that I've gotten to a point where personally I can be like, God, I'm struggling right now. And, um, and I think, you know, feeling like not, I don't have to have it all together. Um, and, and having the relationship with God of like, genuinely that there's been seasons where I've been like, I need you to prove yourself to me because I'm not feeling it right now. Right. Where I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm really struggling understanding why like giving up these, having to give up these relationships is important for me to set myself apart, to be different, to believe in you, like help, help me understand mm -hmm. why this pain is good or, you know, like the <clears throat> refining in the fire. So I think probably getting to a place now in my mid thirties where, um, my faith has been tested and um, I didn't choose to not be a Christian um, when it was the easiest thing to do, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, so absolutely. I think to answer your question, probably most proud of the fact that I, at the end of the day, when I really sit and question my faith, it's still me and Jesus one-on-one -on -one. and all the yeah. other stuff is, doesn't matter. Um, and that there's people in my <laughs> life that um, are willing to be friends with me, Christian or, you know, whether they're Christian or not. And that I'm hopefully able to like teach my kids, like, this is why I find Christianity important. It's not how much you can recite the Bible and how much theology you can say and how much you blast others. It's truly like a relationship between you and God and, and that you, there's always at your messiest, he's still there um, and not walking away from that, I think. Yeah. I don't know if that was a yeah. good answer or not, but. <laughs> oh, thank you for yeah. sharing. That was, yeah, that was really, that was really powerful. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, yeah. I know this is like not necessarily an easy conversation, but I mean, when, when we're talking to you, it feels easy for us because I feel like we're just kind of sitting on the, on the yeah. couch with a glass of wine. So like, <laughs> I really appreciate this, like your your uh willingness to do this yeah i got chance on here with me uh, yeah chance i should have done it i, 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 don't, I mean, you know honestly i don't think i've ever talked about christianity with him i've always known he's like your token christian bestie and then i'm alex's but we've never like <laughs> we've never like hey, sat okay. and talked about it all i'm actually like very i would actually i would love to do that i mean chance has like such a great he has such a great understanding of Christianity and like is, is also like, he's just as into it as, you know, as, as you are. And, uh, he, he finds as much, you know, bullshit in the church as anyone else. So I think it would be, a, and he finds, you know, just as much bullshit in the left as anyone else. I think it would be, a, I would love to do that. That would actually be really fun because then, because then, you know, you're not being two on, two on one there, you know, <laughs> I, I, obviously, you know, I hope you don't feel that way, but. No, I would love that. Um, I think it would be fun. You know, I want to hear, I, I like having these conversations because like, I think, you know, again, the world needs people of different opinions uh, to talk to each other. So that's, yeah, I'm just thankful you guys. Yeah, I'm thankful for you guys have always, I mean, we've had really 
difficult conversations around yeah. Christianity over the last, oh, I was counting, almost like 20 years. We've been friends for a stupid <laughs> amount of years. Um, but yeah, so I just always appreciate that you guys are, you know, I don't know. It's like willing to associate your someone with yourselves with someone that might think so differently on a subject than you. Yeah. I think, I think both in your case and my case, it, it gives you like a, a better understanding and, and like an emotional strength to just put yourself in someone else's shoes, you know? Um, yeah, but it's okay. I mean, we, we love you to death. And like, I have learned so many, like just lessons from you over the years. Uh, you're an incredible mother and like a really good friend. And, uh, you're always willing to like be honest with me, you know? Um, and, and with us and like, that's like really hard to find in a friend because um, the people that really love you will tell you the truth to your face, even if it's uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I think that you've done that for me. And, and uh, I think maybe I've done that for you. And I, uh, uh, yeah, I would go to the ends of the earth <laughs> for you and <laughs> back. Yeah. I oh, right back at you. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, you guys just sure. need to um, move back to California. Just come on guys i know don't make me cry oh, man. Well, don't you get started because uh, if you say anything right now then i'll really start crying so <laughs> over all that. yeah yeah i'm actually i'm there right now i we're gonna go into um what we like to end with what made you laugh the most this week and what was maybe the most embarrassing i would like to start with what made me laugh the most this week it's actually something that happened a few weeks ago but oh, yeah. since you are the guest it's appropriate to tell this story now <laughs> you you know teddy that was so weird whoa hey it's okay <laughs> i don't know what just startled him um we were facetiming with you and a <laughs> No, no, no. Um, so you have an almost 13 year old daughter and, um, almost three year old son. And, um, (laughs) we were FaceTiming and, um, your husband, Jesse and your son, Caleb came home and he was eating ice cream and we were asked him what flavor he had. And he said, rainbow and your daughter, Addie said it's tropical sherbet and he is in the very much of like repeating all the words he hears and so he tried he tried to repeat tropical sherbet but it came out like the first time he said it it was like trepid sherbet <laughs> and then like we kept asking him to say it like over and over and over again and then it kind of morphed into like what was he saying like tropical sh- chocolate burger chocolate burger i don't even know how it morphed into that but he was definite and he just like didn't skip a beat he's so used to us making him repeat words he's like yeah chocolate sherbet you're like what oh my gosh yeah because he looked at he looked at the camera and so so confident so confident in saying tropical sherbet tropical sherbet yeah and then you're like what and you say it again. He like says it again. Just like yeah, whatever. That's what I said. Yeah, I got this. I got this. Oh, chocolate, man, chocolate burger. We have him say it now every time he gets that flavor. <laughs> yeah. What flavor is that, lady? 
Yeah. Oh, that really made me laugh. It was just so stinking cute. If you can get a video of him saying that, please send it to me. (laughs) Well, I have a video of mine and it is also Caleb. Um, So fitting that I pick my, that we pick my kids for our moment. Yeah. Um, So my mother-in-law is staying with us for a little bit and she Uh taught Caleb the other day um, to say, I can't believe it, Mon, from Spaceballs. (laughs) And so (laughs) Caleb has fully embraced it. And then he, and then to take it to the next level this past week, which I kind of wish wish we were on video because I will imitate it. He um, is really big right now about putting both hands on his hips. And so now, like, and so even when he's like coming from sitting to standing, he'll like start putting like his hands on his hips, right? And so uh, he just walks around the whole house like, come on, you know, and tells me to do things with like both his hands on his hips. And so now he, like this morning, we were going through some toys and he, (laughs) I said, oh, here's another blue car. And because he has a lot of um, hot wheel cars and they're everywhere in this house. And so I'm like, hey, buddy, look, I found a blue car. And he's standing already there with his hands on his hips and he, (laughs) he throws his arms up in the air and he goes, I can't believe it, man. <laughs> like straight back to his hips and like grabs the car and walks oh, off, keeping God, one hand on so his hip funny. as he walks. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. I can't believe it, man. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. He's so stinking cute. He's so cute. That kid is too cute for his own good. Um, overly obsessed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As you should be. As you should be. Um, what's your? What made you laugh the most? Oh, Chapa de Sherber is definitely my yeah. like funniest. Um, embarrassing. Yeah. Embarrassing. I have something down that I I remembered that um, I did embarrassing. Yes. Oh, of course, of course she <laughs> yes. does. I mean, oh, this was a while ago. It's when um we were driving to um we, we went to the lake. Um, like upstate and we were coming back and we were asking to use Erica's phone for navigation. And I can't remember why, but, um, Corey put in the, um, typed in the address. I was driving, he typed in the address and we were like driving through Jersey. And I kept thinking like, why are we in Jersey? This is not the way we came up. Why are we here? I'm also geographically (coughs) inept. Like I could not navigate my way out of a paper bag. So, and Erica goes, uh, guys, (laughs) Corey accidentally put in, I won't say our address, but put it our same address, but New Jersey and not New York. So he wrote the same letters, the same word, just with New Jersey instead of New York. Because she was like, why are we eight minutes away, but we're in Jersey? That makes no sense. And we went a very, like our 50-minute drive became an hour and 50 minutes. That's something I'm proud of. So that maybe was the most stupid thing you did. Yeah, stupid or amazing, for sure. Um, And I have, oh, this is also for us, which actually funny that we're saying this now. So... We posted that it was our eight-year anniversary in New York, and we were like, eight years, eight years, eight years. <laughs> and, then, and then Tiffany was like, hasn't it only been seven? 
and because like really I love to I skip moved, our seventh year. We I moved to California seven years ago, and I thought we moved at the same time. And you're like, and we realized, oh yeah, we actually have only been in New York for seven years. Gosh, that's dumb. And then I remembered when it was our eight year, eight inter- year anniversary, we were posting like eight years together, eight years together, and then you texted us eight well, years. Well, that seventh huh? year really flew like, by fast. Yeah. And it is actually our seven-year anniversary, but we posted eight. So I don't know why we keep missing seven. See, even your bodies feel like you've been gone too long. (laughs) (laughs) Touche, touche. And all us California people are like, uh, no, it's been seven (laughs) and get your asses back here. I know. Although I have really loved meeting everybody you guys love in New York, so. Yeah. My yeah, world has expanded, good. which is nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was pretty dumb of us to not know how long we've been together and also how long <laughs> we've lived in New York. <laughs> so that's my most between, stupid. Between time and geography, I don't know what I'm contributing <laughs> to this relationship at all. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, or to life. Or to You've life. got mad yeah. tech skills except for geography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, some sciences are come easier than others. I don't know. <laughs> Would you like to share anything stupid or embarrassing that you did? Oh, I did have something for this. And I don't know if it's well, <laughs> so the first part of it is genius and the second part is um embarrassing. So, um I have so of course I'm like working from home full time now yeah. and have a insane amount of video calls um all throughout the day. And so I truly, this is the genius part, mastered the Zoom hair mm-hmm. where to, I don't have it today, but oh. some, some weekdays I will curl, you know, cause I like loose for those that can't see me. I loosely curl like my hair, do the messy curl. And so I will curl just the front if I'm like really <laughs> running low on time. And then like, even I've had people hey, be it's like, okay. your hair looks amazing. And I'm just like giggling to myself because the back's like totally not curled <laughs> and it's, you know, just hair, blow dried. So then the fun part of that is though, and Addie, my 13 year old is quick to point this out, is that what happens is in the morning I do that. And then, right. I work all through the day, (laughs) feeling fabulous, like super on my game, throw a little bit of makeup on. I look amazing. And then I will transition to mom mode and go run (laughs) errands. And so like the back half of my head will be straight and the sides are curled and so then the other day she pointed that out in Target. And she's like, hey, you forgot, you've got your Zoom hair today. <laughs> and that's what I call it. I say, like, I'm doing Zoom hair. And she kind of, it's like the joke in the family. And so I oh now, gosh. though, my problem is that I forget that I have my Zoom hair done and then go out. And- this needs to be, this needs to be in like the Urban Dictionary, Zoom hair. Zoom that's hair. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's my Zoom it. hair. So. That's, that's awesome. brilliant. I should start showing some of my clients my Zoom hair because I definitely have one that I do early in the morning. And sometimes when I get out of bed, like I usually sleep in a bun and oftentimes I don't, I don't really do anything with my hair until it's either like falling out on my face or I have to teach. Sorry, real quick. So this morning, this morning when I woke up, Oh yeah, my hair was this morning when I woke up, Alex was like, she had gone upstairs to feed the cats. I was still in bed and the way that our bedroom is set up, it's like a long hallway and then there's a bathroom at the very end and the bathroom light was on and the door was open. So oh, it was like a full, it was like a, no, no, no. She came downstairs and was feeding the cats, but it was a full silhouette <laughs> and it's straight up, dude. It looked like the gnarliest mohawk. And I was like, I was like, that's actually 
kind of hot. Like she had like this like full blown moe like on the top of her head, and I was like, dude. And I didn't say anything because I was like half asleep. But I was like, just did she cut her like for a split second? I was like, did Alex get a mohawk in the middle of the night? Like it was kind of it was awesome. It was awesome. Channeling the dog. Because yes, yes. <laughs> hair. Yes. Well, I also didn't realize that because now that we have we're fostering a dog, he's not a thousand percent potty trained, and so the first night we had him, yeah. Well, the first day, the first morning we had him, I made him sit to put his leash on, and as soon as he sat, he started to pee. I think like he just like relaxed a little bit, and so this morning. I I walked the dog this morning with crazy, crazy, crazy hair, and I didn't really realize it until we were coming in, and I could see my reflection, and it was like my bun was just fully on the side of my head, just like sleep, bun head, sleepy. It, it was a mess. I was like, oh, well, good thing it's 7 a.m., and no one is That's awake awesome. in Bushwick that uh. could see me. <laughs> you don't have to leave just yet, but we will say goodbye. Really, really appreciate the time, because... Um, as we mentioned, you have an almost three-year-old and a 13-year-old, so I know that that can be challenging to take an hour and 35 minutes of your Sunday. So we love you very, very yes, much. Thank you and, so much. Oh, I love you guys, too. You're so my- thankful that we can have this open conversation and that you're willing to um, chat with us and also share it with the world. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> I sweat over here. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Well, I love you guys, and it's worth it. So I um, appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, didn't think you'd pick this topic for mine, but that's okay. I thought we were talking like college house days or some like fun yeah. reminiscing, yeah. but instead you go straight for it. It's okay. Yeah. We will definitely, we will definitely um, have you back for that. I think feel like that's an in-person podcast that we need to do. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that yes. would be fun. We need to be at the same table when we reminisce yes. on our 13 plus years of friendship. Hey, yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, we love you very much. Thank you, you so you much. And um, goodbye to all of our listeners, but not goodbye to you. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing conversation. It's about to go down. I'm feeling your vibrations all the way across town. I'm E.T. You can phone me, girl. You know me. Only wanna hear a different tone. I know somewhere quiet we can go.